I don't know when this is releasing, but presumably near a holiday. Yeah, yeah, kind of like after Thanksgiving in the the throes of the the December times. Legally, this is to you, listener. Greg's going to have to put this at the beginning, but you're only allowed to listen to this episode when it is near a holiday of some sort. (laughs) <laughs> that's not legally binding that's i am i am putting binding. it in i am putting it in in the beginning but i i also want to come in here that's not legally binding actually it is we're sending the cops to your house right now i think this should become like your yule log listener i think you should yes listen i think you should listen to it every major holiday. before every major holiday listen to it like your yule log an experience that hannah knows and has okay <laughs> Especially on Arbor Day. Happy Arbor Day, everybody. Happy Happy Arbor Day. Day. Happy Arbor Day. When the night became endless and the world gone cold, we all looked to the immortal emperor in gratitude. Through him, we have been given every moment with those whom we love. Though the ground cracked and the dead rose from their graves, his majesty ensured that the Shattered Isles may be together again. Even when the devils of the night bear down on us, we have the Imperium to help us stay safe and warm. Hello, welcome to Ghosts on a Train. This is a podcast where normally uh, we play Ghost Lines, an RPG by John Harper. But in this, well, it's not a Patreon exclusive because we're going to like release it on Patreon a little early and then put it on the main feed. That's how we're going to start doing these things from now on. The, the backlog stuff of like uh, Queen Elaine and um, Fishbone might appear at some point. Oh, no. You're going to put my minty badger voice behind not a paywall? Fishbone? <laughs> Fishbone is some of our best work. I do think you should put Fishbone. <laughs> yeah, Fishbone's going to get up on the main feed at some point. Fishbone is some of our best work. I'm just never going to be allowed in England again. You're never going to be allowed. They're going to stop you at customs. <laughs> uh, we're playing today, and I'm kind of facilitating it. Uh, the Festival of Deep Winter, a game by Ryan Kahn. We're going to use this uh, to create sort of specific holiday vibes for the Feast of Gratitude a canon Blades in the Dark, I think it's called Gratitude maybe, but canon Blades in the Dark holiday that we're expanding because uh, it's kind of important to us and um, we want to flavor the layover a little bit. I have no idea if he'll ever listen to this uh, or if it's relevant, but Ryan Khan has made several of these little like world building type one shots and I played several and I love them all. So I... Even more than normal, because uh, you should always check out the work of the people that we've uh, played games for, because they're all really good. But th- these are some of my favorites. You should definitely check out his stuff if you are into it. Yeah, yeah. I was. I expressed like, hey, maybe I want to do something for. Um, I think I, I was thinking like the the RPG game masters world building guide at first, and then Hannah was like, oh, or if we want to like collaborate, we could play this. Yes. So I'll be facilitating this. I'm Greg. Uh, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I did just talk. I'm Hannah. I usually play Andrew Anderson, uh, but that's not really how this one works. So I'm just here. You'll play Andrew a little later. I'll play Andrew a little later. Should I do a fun fact about myself like I usually do about Andrew? I was crying earlier today. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm I'm normal again. <laughs> so we're good. I'm Guy. Uh, normally I play Pip. This is an audio medium, so you haven't been seeing my like uh, various facial expressions and nods and thumbs up. But they're there. 
anytime there's a long pause, you can assume that's what's filling the void. It's so much work to do the video stuff for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Stefan's turn. <laughs> Stefan's turn. It's fine. It's fine. Um, hi, I'm Stefan. I... Wow. Um, okay, hi, I'm Stefan. I usually play Drix. Um, today I'm not doing that, and my brain is totally working. Yeah, what are you without Drix? Wow. We're all doing great today. Wow. Very, very impressed by this group. We're all, we're all staring off into the middle distance, like... (sighs) <sighs> We're recording this at like almost Thanksgiving and all of our like end of year work stuff time, end of semester school stuff time. So we're all a little, we're all having a time. Which is the perfect time to play the Festival of Deep Winter and create the Feast of Gratitude. Because the Feast of Gratitude is like if Thanksgiving was fucked up. I mean, arguably Thanksgiving is a little Okay, yes. Up. If Thanksgiving was more fucked yeah. up. <laughs> If Thanksgiving was like, you know, fictitiously <laughs> fucked up instead of the normal. Yes, instead of the very real fucking up. So as far as the actual game festival of Deep Winter, it's a three page game. This is beautiful. Uh, it opens up with when the nights grow long and the air grows cold. We all look to the festival of Deep Winter. A moment when we come together with those whom we love. Dear ones who have left return and we are together again. Even when the winter bears down on us, we have friends and family to help us stay warm. And you know what? I'm going to write for the intro for this, like just in in something, a kind of fucked up Feast of Gratitude version of that. So the Feast of Gratitude, which is what we're going to try to create as far as the Blades book is concerned. It is uh, specifically a holiday in gratitude to the immortal emperor for saving humanity and preserving it, as well as secondarily anything else you happen to be thankful for. But first and foremost, thank you to the immortal emperor for uh, saving the entire world. The Festival of Deep Winter, on the other hand, this, this is a storytelling game about traditions and comfort. It plays two to six people, plays in an hour or two, and you're going to listen to us for about an hour. So the materials really are just pen and paper and a stack of index cards. Uh, we really mostly uh, just have Stefan on the, the notepad. <laughs> Stefan on, on the notepad. Stefan on the notepad. Come at you live from the notepad. Blah, blah, blah. It also lists comforting food and drink, um, but I care about your ears, so we're not doing that. <laughs> I have some nice cherry blossom tea. That's all I got. You can you can sip that. I'm not going to let them hear it. I have a jar <laughs> okay. of like various plastic shavings from my uh, gunpla. So if you want to hear my gums bleed, I could do that. No Hold one on. wants to hear your gums I bleed. Really just want to do some ASMR. Stefan, Stefan, you get one sip. Really... You get one sip. Oh, make oh, it count. Excellent. I got this. I got this. I can make oh, it count. Okay, no. listeners, here comes one sip. Okay, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Oh, that was refreshing. Are you comforted? <laughs> no. That's getting See, I thought about it, movie. but that tea is hot, and I would burn my throat if I like. <laughs> Just kind of. Unfortunately. Okay, stop that! Stop that! Yeah, that that's going. That that's was, going. That one was. That one was much that worse. Fair. Oh gosh. Believe that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Creating, creating the feast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read these, and I'm gonna just gonna try to my best to replace Festival of Deep Winter with Feast of Gratitude. But don't forget the game we're playing is by Ryan Khan. So, uh, the Feast of Gratitude brings people together for warmth and connection. Tell us about the feast. 
take turns answering these questions and exploring other thoughts that grow from them. Write the answers on an index card for each element. Here's the first element. It's, first se- it's going to be different sections, each one with different prompts, and we're going to take turns answering these. Is it fire? Is that the element? Okay. <laughs> the first element is food and drink. Hannah, what do we eat and drink at the feast? And why? Turkey. No. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think the, the why I think the why will be a, a, another question. What, what do we eat? And drink at the feast of gratitude. Um, what do we eat and drink at the feast of gratitude? God, I have to get my brain out of shit post mode. I'm sorry. My first, my first uh, thing was you know those little uh, unfried dough things from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, that that was my first thought. Uh, but that's 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 no no fun. I mean, you could just do fried dough. That actually no. sounds pretty good. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of something flavored with you know our world. Um, this is all over, right? This is all over. I'm sure it originated uh, in Akros, but anywhere in the Imperium okay. does this. Okay. Um, I think a lot of seafood. I think I. I am specifically reminded of your like seven fishes uh thing that your very Italian family does. Oh, the feast of the seven fishes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if it's that directly, but uh, I think that it is a seafood-focused holiday. Um, and the goal is to have almost like a turkey, like like having a centerpiece for the table. A big octopus. Just like a big fucking fish. A big a octopus. A big octopus, sure. <laughs> uh, anything to drink? Um, cider. It's okay. No, we don't have fruit. Yes, we do. Um, we do? Okay. We grow them cider. with radiant energy. Sweet. Cider. And especially, especially, uh, like, cider, uh, you, you get, like, shitty apples for cider. Okay. Mmm, true. Uh, at least shitty for eating. I am um, kind of thinking about how bomb an octopus is a centerpiece would be. Like, you put that bitch on a lazy Susan, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of, like, spin it around and do shit. That'd be good. That'd be good. All right. So, next question. Why? Do we, we just want to go in order introduced? Sure. So, Guy, why do we uh, eat seafood and drink cider? Do I want to shitpost? Or do I want to do something that's actually, like, kind of evocative? I encourage you not to shitpost for this one, gang. Right. I, like, I we can goof, we can goof, but when it comes down to, like, the actual answers to the questions, I will encourage you to be, be a little genuine about this one. All right, okay. Uh, that one's easy, then. As the Emperor has kind of close the uh the door to death and the ocean is the origin of all life we are celebrating the life that the emperor protects by taking that from its origin point there you go stefan what role does food and drink play in the celebration Uh, an example being uh sharing a meal as togetherness food inspired by fables like i mean it's called the feast of, of gratitude is what we've called it what's it about when we're eating Hmm. I think what it is, since this holiday is kind of crafted around thanking the immortal emperor for allowing us to have this bountiful stuff, I think there's a bit of a giving component to it. Like, uh, you, of the things you cook, you would also take to someone else in order to add to their feasts. So I think, uh, it's the the idea of the eating is to foster togetherness even when apart. 
So everyone's got their own individual feast, but with like pieces from various other places. So I'll take uh, the next question. The next section is ritual. And the question is, what rituals are performed at the festival is the first one. So now I'm thinking about, like, Thanksgiving, but more fictionally fucked up. <laughs> and, you know, some people, like, play uh, play football on Thanksgiving. It's like a thing here in the U.S. of A. American Thanksgiving, people play mm-hmm. football for some reason. I like you're saying American Thanksgiving, like there are other Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a different day. Yeah, but- <laughs> I was about to um, say. I learned something today. Yeah, so I think that there is uh, a ritual that's almost like a like a little game between one team that's like ghosts and another team that's like <laughs> the emperor or something. Humanity versus the the dead. Are there particular rules you have in mind, or is that my job to build that out? Nope, that's not your job. This is still the same question. I think it's one of those games. One side can never win. It's just how long you hold out. I'm almost imagining like um Can I offer a suggestion? Sure. You know Red Rover? Yes, that's exactly what I was yeah, thinking. Okay. I was thinking it was like a, it's like a Red Rover or something, with one side as the immortal emperor and the other as like spirits or, or devils even, just well, all sorts of horrors. I think that could work too if like the team so Red Rover for those who don't know, uh I don't know how common a game it is, but it's uh one side is like linking up arms. And the other side is people like running headlong into the group of people who are linking arms and trying to break up the chain. What if it's a similar setup with people linking arms and the linked arms are the gates of death? Mm. Linked arms are the gates of death. So we're almost hoping that it gets fixed. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's fun. I was just imagining it was like, a big, like, oh, the immortal emperor's power. Like, he's he's stopping them all. Mm. Only the emperor could do that for us. I'm into it, I'm into it. A ritual red rover that's symbolic of how the uh, the immortal emperor protects us from the horrors. It's an exercise in narcissism. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes. 100%. Uh, so, the next question, which is for Hannah. Are these rituals formal or informal? I feel like by its nature, a game is somewhat informal, but I I also do like the idea of there being like a formal version. If you want it to truly be an exercise in narcissism, uh, narcissism, I feel like you do have to make a bit of a show out of it. Oh, yeah. So I feel like there is like... The formal version has like a script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a script. There's like a triumphant stuff for like the emperor to say. Yeah, there's like a <laughs> national show where a bunch of people essentially play this game and there's an emperor presiding over someone playing the emperor, I assume. Like, right? He wouldn't do it himself. No. Yeah. So someone playing the emperor is making a bunch of proclamations. Like, it's it's a big... It's like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You can go watch it with your family. There's <laughs> Every no time. Snoopy. <laughs> Every time he catches one of the runners, he's like, Ah, oh, at last! The forgotten god so-and-so is tamed! <laughs> ah! The cruel devil so-and-so. <laughs> do we think it happens just in the Imperial City, or do we think it happens in the capital of each country under the Imperium? Yeah, you know what? I think it does happen in every city, uh, but with, like, greatly varying levels of, of enthusiasm. enthusiasm and, like, attendance. Ooh, I love that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, no, no one's coming to the one in Scovlin. No one is going to see that. Guy, um, I mean, I guess this is kind of answered. Um, so maybe we can just move on past it. The next question would be, are these done in private or in public? I think it's a mix. I think the, like big official one with the script that's done kind of publicly and as a big proclamation thing but a lot of people have taken it for themselves to use it as an excuse to see family yeah 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 i imagine like kids playing it well if i've got the day off work i better go see billy bob Bam. exactly <sighs> stefan bring it on home is it secular or sacred uh, which in this case <laughs> does make me wonder, do you think this is... Uh, is yes an option? Well, well I, I, so we're in an interesting spot with the Immortal Emperor, right? Because he is a real dude. <laughs> He's a real dude. So is this guy. like, I guess what more it's more like secular would be, this would be performed as like something for a real guy, acted like it's a statement of fact. Versus, I imagine if it's sacred, there might be more metaphor to it, which I could see people, like, people don't see the emperor every day. So for a lot of people, he is. I do also think there's an in-between. I'm thinking, like, specifically of, you know, some of the vibes I get off the emperor stuff in this game. It, it takes me back to, like, divine right of kings type stuff where mm-hmm. it is an actual guy, but also you kind of consider them close to God. So I do feel like you you can walk a gray area there. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I've always gotten. I'm thinking of the parade in heaven officials' blessing. Yes. <laughs> so I definitely think the formal stuff is pro- has a has a sacred nature presided over it. Uh, but I do think it varies country to country for sure, especially how like you know naturally the scovs kind of see him as a villain. So uh, sure. His his power may be his power may be unchecked, but he's not going to be lauded as a god for his bullshit. It gets Just, protested in Scotland every year. Oh, definitely. I imagine some of the private ones doing like a, a joke on the script of like the emperor side grabs somebody is like, aha, another free man. <laughs> come, come toil for me, young scov. I can definitely see that. Uh, okay, next up. Gathering. Who comes together? I'll answer that. We've kind of already answered it where it's like um family, but also with other people handing off. I, I feel like it's it's like a neighborhood thing. Yeah. Like a neighborhood by neighborhood. Yeah. Uh that's who you share your, your food with, and that ends up being like a weird chain. It's like a block party. Yes, it's like a block party. He's <laughs> a funny girl. Yeah! <laughs> We saw a funny girl recently, and I'm like, oh yeah, the whole street just hung out. <laughs> uh, Leah Michelle. Uh, Leah Michelle, you're such a bad person, but a good singer. Bitch. What an absolute talented bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to you guys talk about Leah Michelle. It- I she sucks! Yup. Okay, Hannah, do people meet in large or small groups? Well, you sort of answered that. I think that uh, probably large groups typically. Although I imagine that that also varies a bit, culturally speaking. I imagine, like, places with less of the close-knit community. I'm thinking of the disconnect of modern life. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a big, big city. Prior to that, I lived in the suburbs. And I feel like both of those places, it would be hard to do, like, a big community thing. 
uh, under most circumstances because there's sort of less of a sense of togetherness. So I feel like there are like pockets of places throughout the world where like, it's like, yeah, they're going to throw our community to feast of gratitude thing. But like, I don't want to go. Jody's going to be there. Like, I, I'm not going to know anyone other than like the people that I went to school with who I don't like very much. So I feel like, I feel like in some places, the community aspect of it is somewhat obligatory. But there are other places where uh, communities are sort of closer knit and everyone knows each other and that sort of thing. I think in the in the first case, the sharing bit also becomes kind of obligatory. Like, fucking, we're having our goddamn Feast of Gratitude potluck at work. And to bring in... <laughs> <laughs> to bring in fucking I'm in charge of the trout this year that's the worst part ah hey hey just just be happy you didn't get the snapper fucking Linda <laughs> won't shut up about it uh, <laughs> she's keeping she keeps saying that she's gonna try and experiment with a new braise this year and like Linda it's never good when you experiment nope nope that has never worked out. Honestly, it's it's like an, it's an affront to his immortal emperor's <laughs> majesty. <laughs> Do you think the immortal emperor experiments? No, he's gotten it right a thousand years ago, and he will continue to be right for another thousand years. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't try. He doesn't try brown sugar in the glaze like some kind of mad woman. Guy, where where do people meet? <laughs> uh, and an example here uh, given in the book: holiday concerts, visiting friends or family at someone's home. I feel like just based on everything we've gone through, a very Dickensian vibe to everything. I think there are just like some uh, barrels that people light and gather around. They're like there's just like various like fires. Maybe they're bonfires, depending on like where yeah. you are. But this is a world without uh, a sun, so light uh, light is for gathering. I like the idea mm. of like the size and grandeur of the fire, also varying like depending on if you're in a rich area or a poor area. Like, I'm, like I'm picturing like trash barrels uh, for, you know, poorer communities. But then like when you get to the, the upper echelons of society, these like grand painted things, yeah. um, like beautiful, ornate, like barely even a barrel, really just having the shape of it. I also kind of like the idea of like these kinds of barrels being like spread out through areas so that like, should you not have some place to go, you can kind of find yourself at one. Yeah. As long as you're in the poor part of town. <laughs> We're not letting anyone into our very ornate barrel party without an invitation. <laughs> That's what the gates are for. <laughs> That's what the gates are for. Oh my god. Barrel party. Barrel, barrel party. party. Everyone has to dress like a barrel. I don't know. <laughs> What does that mean, Hannah? That's not going into the actual holiday. I'm doing a bit. Oh, but it is going into the episode. I just want to know what that means. Hey, you just uh, you seen like barrel skirts? Am I making that up? I think there. I think that's a real thing. 
barrel skirt? May you? I don't. May, you know okay, what? I'm, I'm sure it's like, like a skirt skirts, that like, looks like I, a barrel. Yes, like that. Go. It's very um. You like, see, when you fuck. said wearing barrels, I just imagined the whole like barrels and suspenders thing. I get maybe that's for the for the we do gender here, right? Maybe that's for the men and barrel skirts are for the the ladies. We do gender here. There are gender roles in this world, right? No, that's true. There are gender roles in this world. Stefan, we're going on to the next section, the town, or in this case, I guess the city. This will be speaking kind of broadly. But also, don't feel afraid to get, like, a little specific. How does the city change for the feast? How does the city change for the feast? The examples given for this section are, like, ice sculptures in the market, hearing holiday music in shopping centers. Okay, okay. What what around a city indicates that it's it's feast time, baby? It's Feast of Gratitude. I think there's a, a Catholic Church-esque patronage that happens where uh, the Imperium pays a significant amount of artists to put up murals or statues, decorate as much as possible wherever you can. They dump a lot of funding into it once every year, uh, call it cleaning up the community, and uh, <laughs> write it off that way. What are the statues and murals of? Uh, I think of the Emperor and his companions. That tracks. Mm. The emperor and his ancient companions off the registry of the purified. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I think to that end, there's kind of like a sectioning off like of parts of the city for different purified, uh, so that you can go to different parts of the city to see murals of different of our different namesakes, if you will. Mm. I see. So we can have some eggs for the McKeel section. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> Oh boy. Okay, uh, I'll answer. What do you see and hear? I think beyond those murals, there's got to be like, would there be like paid singers? I don't know if we'd sing about the emperor. You spent like a solid 20 minutes looking up Thanksgiving songs. Yeah, there are two of them. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, there are two, there are two like folk songs. Like, we all love Alice's Restaurant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what there might be is um, a lot of played instruments. Is there a specific tune that uh, people might be fairly familiar with for the season? Yeah, yeah, it's the one that's it's the one that's playing right now. Uh, that the listener can hear that you that they, <laughs> the listener can hear that you guys can't. It's a it's the the, the battle march song of the purified between you and me, listener. Uh, it's it's over the river and through the woods, <laughs> um, which is a Thanksgiving song. Nice. That was what Greg got from their 20 minutes of looking up Thanksgiving. Well, because the other yeah. one was like, we gather together, which is like this weird, like, fucking Christian hymn. And I was like, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> That's fair. I know. I know you're trying very hard to make this not Christmas, but pulling from experiences of Christmas, do they start singing over the river and through the woods like way too early usually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like you're, you're you're walking through and you hear like the tinkle of like pianos and it's like stop <laughs> it's not cold yet <laughs> i mean it's cold but not that cold yet <laughs> the first frost hasn't even come shit wow anyways hannah who is in charge of the transformation Ooh. 
See, it sucks. I mean, well, it doesn't suck. It's actually kind of interesting that we're working over such like a large geographical space with like different cultures within. So I think in Akeros, there's definitely like an official government body handling this. I don't know what part of the ministry that would would fall to, but I, I definitely think it's a ministry. Oh, you think it's preservation? Definitely think it's a ministry job. And they're like really efficient and they have it down pat and all that. I think the Imperium also gives money to Urubia Severos and Skavlin for an official government transformation, but I think it, in practice it works pretty different there. I think in Skavlin, they give the government body like $3. Um <laughs> Or, or maybe they give them a reasonable amount of money, but Scotland is like, we're spending like $3 on this and we're, we're reappropriating the rest. So it's technically a government job, but the government doesn't really care to do it. I like that. In Severus and Aruvia, I think it's probably like also a government body, but like how much they give a shit depends on like how close to a city you are and how close you are to like an imperial presence somewhat. The people out in the boonies sort of either decorate on their own or just like don't care enough to. Okay. I'm also picturing like in pockets of Aruvia and Severos and probably most of Scotland, it is somewhat of a tradition if you don't like the Imperium to go through and trash the decorations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, like like burning that goat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I think there's probably, like, a subculture in most countries as well of, like, how we can adhere to the traditions while also mocking them thoroughly. Like, yeah. if you look at a statue from a certain angle, it looks like or it looks like something untoward might be happening to the Emperor. We, <laughs> we, sculpt, we sculpted the Emperor with a, with a weird ass. With a weird with ass. With a weird ass. And Got if you look at it ass. over here, it looks like, oh, no, something's going up it. Uh-oh. <laughs> You just got to get a 45 degree angle view from that direction. <laughs> As one does. Preparation. Guy, how do we prepare for the festival? The example given here uh, is decorating the house, cleaning the house. Like, what do people do to prepare when it's uh, feast time? So I think there's two things that people do. Firstly, they try and like make themselves like clean. They, uh, in particular, they- bath time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bath we time. only take a bath once a month. In, bath time in... for Victorian times. <laughs> so there's that, but they also wear like bright clothes because they're going to be around like a source of light, which is a rarity. The last thing is they have, they gather like things from around the house that is like flammable, basically like to burn away the, for the, from the past year. That might be going into a ritual, but basically like, you know, oh, that's like fine. That. they clean stuff up, they gather it and then. Toss it away. What I especially like, not only are like light sources special here because there's no sun, but also normally most of the light sources nowadays are like electroplasmic. <laughs> but for this feast, we're still doing fires. Mm-hmm. Stefan, how long does preparation usually take? I would say it's probably officially it's about a month in advance, but it's been slowly creeping longer and longer. I like that. Curse Christmas. Uh, I'll answer. How stressful is it? Well, it does depend on where you are, but I think just in general, uh, because of that creep, it has me getting more and more stressful mm-hmm. because it's like, 
oh my gosh, not only do I need to like go take a bath, but I've, I've got to get, I've got to get my bright clothes picked out. They're on sale now. If I wait too long, I'm going to look like an idiot because I'm only going to be able to buy a stupid cone hat. I used up all my stuff that's like flammable like last year and now like I got less time to like get more stuff and I got to find something to burn. Uh, finally, as far as the questions go for creating the festival, and we're in the aesthetics section. Hannah, what are the symbols of the feast? Probably the octopus, uh, you know, in much the way a turkey works here. Secondarily, some iconography of the emperor. Like, I'm picturing, like, something... Like a throne or a crown? Yeah, yeah, that'll work. I was, like, picturing something more abstract, not like a portrait (laughs) of the guy. Maybe, like, gates and hands or something. Barrels, probably. Fire. I was gonna say, like, flame. Guy, what are... The colors. The feast colors. The feast colors. We've got light now, baby. We can they see got it. got light so they can see it. I think it's like pastels. Because usually it's like dark enough that they kind of... You don't really get like shades or anything. But here you can actually see like colors. So like bright, kind of washed out, like blues, purples, yellows, oranges. Stefan, what are the flavors of the feast? Ooh, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. So. Okay, all right. I think there are a variety of flavors, each a different kind to go well with seafood. You've got your kind of sweetness, you've got your tanginess, you've got your, like, very spicy, and, like, you eat all of them in kind of tandem with each other, kind of alternating between them. All right, all right. And I will answer the final question. Scents. (laughs) Scents. <laughs> what are the scents? I think the scents are most definitely that good, good wood burning hey. smell at fireplace, firewood smell. Uh, it is distinct for the season. Cooking smell. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so much fish. Oh, tons. So much fish smell in the oh air. Oh my god, I just want to walk to work without smelling fucking cod. <laughs> you come back home, you still smell like fish. Heck, it starts to get that time of year and everybody pulls out their colorful clothing from last year and it still smells. <laughs> oh, actually, I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's all right. Yeah. You know how, like, being by a campfire, that is the most overpowering smell of, like, anything? Maybe part of the celebration is just sort of, like, you know, getting the fish smell out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why the cleaning so step is there. <laughs> to remove last year's fish smell. Yep. <laughs> you need new fish smell. You need new fish need new smell. Fish. I can't have that old fish smell. Give me that new shit. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the section. There's last two sections where, in this case, you guys will portray the characters that you traditionally play in Ghosts on a Train. But in an earlier point in your lives, before we met you on Ghosts on a Train, Ooh. exploring the festival, or in this case, the feast. Oh, boy. Hannah, the last feast of gratitude before you ended up on the train. Is this Andrew's first time celebrating the Feast of Gratitude, or is this an old and familiar tradition? It's probably pretty familiar. All right. Tell us, where is Andrew going, and what do you hope to experience? Oh. You're back in Cloudspire. I am. I think the orphanage does, like, put on a Feast of Gratitude thing, but in, like, a very obligatory way, because I don't, I don't think the orphanage has a lot of money. 
Um, I don't think we can afford, like, a proper octopus, so I think we have, like, maybe little octopus pastries or something, and, like, a tiny little fire, and it's all kind of, like, we're sort of going through the motions as much as we can, but it's kind of sad. Uh, nobody probably bothers to get new clothes, but somewhere in this goddamn city, there is gonna be fresh octopus, there is gonna be some good food. Uh, and I think Andrew and her little gang of scrappy orphans are going out to find it. Yes. Guy, Stefan, now it's time for our job. I get to be a scrappy orphan? Oh my god. No, no. Well, you, you can kind of be in control of one. We are all going to take turns describing one element of Andrew's experience. Ooh. We will consider all the senses. We will think about what Andrew may be thinking or feeling. We will think about things happening around Andrew. We will tell Andrew only as much as we feel is necessary, and we will stop when it is the right time to do so. Mm-hmm. So, Guy, describe one element of Andrew's experience. I think, despite all of like the the fires and everything, I think this is kind of a cold day. I think maybe it's like raining, even not like the screaming rain like we got, which is <laughs> that's an that's an Uduasha. That's, that's an Uduasha special. But I think like it's it's raining, so there's that weird kind of like I should be warmer than I am, and this kind of this kind of sucks. But just like the feeling of like moisture, but also at the same time like it fits in with like the whole theme of the holiday of water's like giving us life, etc. And just like well, this is giving me too much, and I hate it. Stefan, what Andrew remembers most here is the cheering of some of the younger kids in the orphanage when she and some other older kids return through the windows and bring them some stolen pastries and, like, little merrymaking things uh, that they've gathered up from around town while people visited the barrels and left their feasts unattended on their tables. Uh, Andrew and maybe Jamie and some others went off and gathered up some stuff for, you know... A little bit of redistribution of wealth. <laughs> While uh, climbing up through a window, Andrew is able to step onto a wobbling but not buckling back of Jamie because Jamie's tall. Is able to boost Andrew up through a window in order to pull a, a daring, daring octopus heist. That's very sweet. Jack, I know you have a baby now, but you have to come play with us again so I can resolve the relationship between these two fictional characters. <laughs> hey, listeners, this is what happens when you're Don't you're have old. babies! Don't have babies! Play the games with me! <laughs> Just keep playing games forever. Here's the podcast where Auntie Hannah says she wishes you were never bored. No, not like that. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> not like Jesus. Okay, now I feel bad. Relax. <laughs> Carter, you're very cute, and I am glad that you exist. I just wish your dad could play games with me sometimes. Oh. <laughs> uh, guy, do you think we should keep going? Uh, I think I'd also... Tell only as much as you feel is necessary. Stefan? I think in certain parts of Arubia, they decorate the barrels to resemble the spirit well. 
You can see several mini spirit walls around the town as you, like, stalk through surprisingly. Not to, uh, critique you, but this is one element of Andrew's experience. Mm, yeah. So let's talk about a specific one of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Andrew gets to see her city, like, lit up in a way that, that she doesn't usually like viewing the same place in a completely new light. And I think that kind of, that, like, separation kind of sinks with her. Andrew, at this stage in her life, has uh, a little newsboy cap. Um that she thought would be a great place to hide some clams and mussels. Oh, no. Clams in my hat? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and like the octopus stuffed under the jacket. Oh my god. Like covered in, in things, and um, yeah, that hat never gets the fish smell out of it, and it ends up <laughs> stiff and kind of gross. Amazing. That's why she doesn't wear anymore. <laughs> I mean mood. Poor Angel. I think I'm, I'm good on things. I'm good. We'll do after the festival once we've all gone. Guy! <laughs> the last feast of gratitude before Pip was shanghaied into joining the Pride of Duskwall. He really shanghaied, though? Like, he was pressed. I don't think he was really... You aren't fully shanghaied. You're right. Is this Pippin's first time celebrating the feast, or is this an old and familiar tradition? Oh, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I guess we know the answer to that one. Uh, celebrate is a very interesting term. So obviously we know this is when Pip was very drunk. Mm-hmm. But regardless, tell me, where is Pip going? And uh, what is he hoping to experience? <sighs> Pip may not be participating directly in the holiday, but unfortunately, the holiday is happening all over the city. <laughs> I think Pip is earnestly trying to like avoid it to the best of his ability these tend to be like neighborhoods and such i think pip is mostly like trying to hang out at the like working district it's a holiday so there's not really many people there which means pips kind of stands out stefan what's one element uh, of pip's experience uh trying to avoid the holiday by going to the the working district of the imperial city hold on punches I think the past few years, Pip has been unwitting has unwittingly ran into like one person who was estranged from their family every year. Despite that, they'd always been kind to you and a little overbearing. I think this year that person is not there. And despite Pip being fairly, you know, fed up every time they hung around on the feast. There's kind of an emptiness while you are actually alone on the Feast of Gratitude. I like that. Like, there's usually that kind of, like, bitterness of, like, they were kind of licking each other's wounds, just, like, commiserating, and then... Mm-hmm. And now you don't even have the company for the misery. Yeah. You said polo punches, right? That guy. (laughs) I think another element of Pip's experience. There's the warmth of a drink going down Pip's throat, combined with the cold splash from some of it around his shitty boots uh, as he's pouring one out for said formerly estranged member who has been found dead in the snow. Cool. Love it. Another death on this holiday for Pip. 
Uh, we're all just being mean to Bip, right? <laughs> we're all just being mean okay. to Bip. <laughs> um, Be as mean as you want. So I think the thing with horror part of town, I, I think there is some more anti-imperial sentiment here uh, because a lot of the other people around are like you trying to avoid the holiday. So I think one of the elements that sticks with you is I'm picturing you like sort of huddling up in a blanket on the on a street corner um, since you are staying away from the fires and all that. He's got his gross jacket. A little further out. Some people are playing the mockery version of Ritual Red Rover. Um, and I think you hear the shouts and jeers talking about... I think they go through all the Emperor's companions. They have a little jape uh, for each of them. Uh, a- as somebody gets caught, there's, you know, ah, oh, Dunville, another for the famous Dunville prison camps. Uh, just like sort of one by one. And I think the the particular emotion that you remember is sitting there and knowing that eventually they're going to get to the McKeels uh, and they're going to say something about your family and I don't I don't think you ever actually hear what it is I think uh, that they sort of move move off somewhere else maybe you know a blue coat comes and yells at them for causing a ruckus before they can actually get there but I think you listening to these sort of far off shouts and waiting and waiting to hear what they're going to say about you (laughs) Stefan no matter how far you get you are unable to avoid the smell of let's go with shrimp which we'll say (laughs) which we'll say is the last thing that you tasted before the feast of gratitude went wrong for you Seven. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's even half imagined. You're not even sure if you're smelling shrimp or not, but the memory is so strong. Shrimp trauma. Shrimp, shrimp trauma. trauma. Shrimp trauma. Shrimp trauma. Shrimp trauma now. <laughs> all right, all right, guy. You're getting you're getting one you're getting one kind thing. Time for a kind <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm more disappointed that you're being nice. Riding on a little cart pulled by an Akarosi goat, there is a cider man passing out cider to anybody and everybody that he encounters. Is it warm cider? It is warm cider, and he passes it to to Pip, warms his cold fingers. Hannah, do you feel you have anything? I think you, when you finally fall asleep, you fall asleep looking at a very distant fire like you're so cold at that point you've been out here for a while it's been cold for weeks we're getting into sort of the winter fall i think you keep sort of telling yourself like the thing that i should do for my survival is go to that fire it doesn't have to be about the holiday it all that matters is it's warm uh i'm so cold that cider was so nice but it's already it's already worn off. I'm already cold again. Um, but you just sort of can't bring yourself to do it. Something in you just just won't. The the memory of just looking at that fire and it 
fading and fading as you fall deeper and deeper asleep. Maybe you dream about it. Yes, very good. I think that's all I got. Stefan, do you have anything further? Because I'm, I'm, I think I'm good. I'm, I think I'm out. Which brings us to Drix. This might go either way for this question for you. The Feast Gratitude before you join the Pride of Duskwall, before the distillery explodes. But is this your first time celebrating the Feast of Gratitude, or is this an old and familiar tradition? I think this is Drix's first time. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, yeah. Where is Drix going? And uh, what is he hoping to experience? You're in uh, Coalfields. I think Drix is trying to go where the biggest party is. Ooh, I think Drix is trying to go to the rich side of town. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Party it up, party it up on the rich side. <laughs> I'll give you a, a bit of a good experience. Give Drix just like a, the best time of his life. Hannah, I know you said that it was maybe not in the holiday. And I think this is not normal, but I do think Drix sees a woman with the biggest, brightest barrel skirt, <laughs> this big pastel barrel skirt. Sure. Um, I still don't know what that means. Hair. It's a skirt that's a barrel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's hard about this? <laughs> yeah, they're much less exciting than what I was picturing. It's just a skirt made skirt made to uh, uh, exaggerate the width of a woman's hips. I think for our purposes, it should be a skirt that looks like This a one is patterned to look like a barrel. This woman's hair, she's got it up in the manner that suggests flames crackling, colored uh, with like reds uh, and yellows uh, and oranges. She looks great. It's also so over the top. Hannah? I'm trying to decide if Drix actually gets into this party. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can either have this be Drix's first brush with systematic inequality, or you can have Drix just things just work out for Drix. It's all up Stephen, to you guys. Stefan, Stefan, you mistake me. Uh, by the end of this, it is going to be Drix's first brush with uh, systematic inequality. <laughs> I'm just debating whether you got into the party first. <laughs> Ooh, it could oh, be like a nice light means death. Whoa. <laughs> I think you get into the party. Since we've decided that the barrel thing is part of it. For these for these wild rich cats. Mm-hmm. Sure. They they don't have like an actual barrel, so they're pretending. Yes, okay. I think for the rich people, they are trying to be like stylish as they do the barrel thing. Um so so Okay, this is kind of Mimi. Um, so I think most of them are like dressed in clothing that somehow reflects a barrel. Like like what an actual barrel skirt is, just a skirt that accentuates a hips, uh, wide-shouldered uh, uh, coats with like pinstripes. I think Drix, not fully understanding the cultural implications and also not having like barrel style clothing on him does just grab a barrel from the distillery um and like some suspenders and i think drix does fully wear a barrel with suspenders to this party and i think that's how he get gets in because the people at the front door start laughing so fucking hard when he shows up that they're like we've gotta let this clown into our party (laughs) 
Um, so the specific memory that I'm giving you is that the barrel really fucking chafes. It's it's not comfortable. It is wood. Understandable. You are in this rich party. Everyone is laughing at you. Some people are being polite about it, and so I don't think you fully realize until perhaps a little in. Even as you're having a good time, this barrel is so fucking uncomfortable. You're like, why do people do this? The wood is actually cedar, but it stings like a beach. <laughs> I just I just don't get it. <laughs> there, there must be something more to it that I'm missing, but... <laughs> Guy, <laughs> because of where Drix came from, like seafood isn't super common. You guys kind of have like your own ranches, etc. But like, you don't really import a lot of seafood because it doesn't keep very well, mm-hmm. and it's so hot. So I think this is your first brush with seafood, and like pretty much all seafood, it's kind of an acquired taste. Your first exposure to it, your first experience with it is like, hmm, well, that's new. Okay. Not like good, not necessarily like bad. Like maybe you like start to enjoy it like as the night goes on, but just like, wow, that's, that's really different. (laughs) Huh. Never really, uh, well, that's something. This is, this is, uh, not full sports tricks, but Drix is a jock. We do know this now. I think there's a rush as Drix participating uh, and this fun new holiday game crashes through the link to arms. Oh, Andrew, <laughs> the barrel too. That yeah, yeah. Drix crashes through them and is like really excited because that means he won. But that rush of victory is immediately stifled by everybody at the party looking at Drix like, "What the fuck? You're supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to like beat the emperor here. You're supposed to. You're supposed to join the chain." <laughs> that incident is actually how Drix gets kicked out of this party. Listen, we've all gotten, everyone who's played Red Rover has gotten hurt playing Red Rover. It's a shitty game. I don't know why we let children play it. (laughs) But I think because it's not actually Red Rover, the people in the chain weren't expecting to be, uh, no pun intended, barreled through. (laughs) Some of them get knocked over and, and hurt. Because this is a rich people party, one of them is, like, someone fairly important. Maybe they're, like, let's say the wife of the person who has put this party together, and she is fucking furious. You are obviously super apologetic because Drix is a sweetheart, and I think he's, like, like, trying to help, but I think he is just, like, no one will listen to a word you say, uh, and you are unceremoniously just thrown out of this party. I also want to go back to the barrel thing. I want to specify Drix is being a little stupid about that, but like not like stupid, stupid. I feel like the way people talk about barrel fashion Mm -hmm. and I feel like probably working people kind of like take the mickey on it. So I think it is very much like this is a this is a wearing a costume to a Halloween party that is not a costume party level faux pas, I think. This is not like (laughs) Drix fully took leave of his senses. No, there's definitely like someone there that had like, they looked like they were wearing a barrel, but like, you know, it was finery cloth. People like want to put wood on their outfits. Like it is, one could uh, definitely conclude from listening to people talk that they do wear barrels. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. 
look at us, we're emulating the poor, but we're rich. Yeah. Again, Victorian age. As you do, as you do. Okay. Not anything? I, honestly, I want Drix to have like a a decent time overall. So I think after you're kicked out, you kind of just like wander the streets for a while until you find, well, I guess like earthy, homey place. They're just like, got any family around? No. It's like, come on in, your family now. It's like a, a good experience. You get invited in to party. And while it's not like indoors and you don't have like a big fancy bonfire, all like the expensive foods, etc., I think this is maybe a warmer experience for Drix. Okay, okay, that's nice. Drix hears some more of that music, the battle song of the Purified. As he's uh, about to tuck into some food, an older, older woman uh, says before they start, Be sure to thank the, the man of the hour, the immortal emperor's majesty. This bite's for you. They thank the emperor before they eat. <laughs> Got one more. At this party, there is actually someone else wearing a barrel. Nice. <laughs> they just don't have clothes. <laughs> no, no. He absolutely does. I think this is like a, a like, kind of class clown type person. I don't know anything about them. Again, taking the mickey on the rich folks. Like, oh, have you seen this? It's the latest fashion in Duskval. And putting their shoulders up and down to make the barrel jiggle. Perfect. People are absolutely, like, losing their minds over it. After a certain point, he notices you. Comes over to do an... Ah, sir, I see you are also uh, one of the most distinguished uh, citizenry and drinks. You can join in this weird little pantomime that he's doing. And there's like uproarious laughter from the crowd. And I think that noise sort of sticks with you. Oh, that's very sweet. I like that. Do you have anything more? Because I think I'm personally done. Honestly, I think that's a good place to end. There's the last bit. We're just going to go kind of in order with all of you. Did Andrew enjoy her time at the Feast of Gratitude? Yeah, I think she did. Did Pip? No. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Did Drix? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What was the most memorable part, Andrew? Eating with with the kids. I think after the sort of excursion... Everyone's sort of gathering around to eat and and having a nice little family meal. What was the most memorable part for Pip? The realization that kind of regardless of circumstances, people are just going to like die around him. Basically like further, <laughs> further emphasizing of just like, hey, your life sucks and it's not going to get better. Pip the sad boy. Everything sucks until it doesn't. So, And he also like doesn't want it to be better, so it's not improving. His whole problem. Yeah, pre-story Pip. <laughs> pre-story Pip. He won't go over to that fire. Drix. I think the most memorable part for Drix is that moment where he broke through the chain and then looked around with joy to uh, people being uh, confused and upset. What does Andrew hope to experience next time? More good food. Uh, another sort of smooth run, no trouble with the blue coats, and hopefully either the same faces still here, the same kids, or at least like security and the knowledge that wherever they are, they are happy and healthy. Aw, we already know that Angel mostly has none of that. (laughs) What is Pip hoping to experience next time? To not remember the night. 
Pip wants to be absolutely fucking blitz off his ass. He doesn't want to be able to, like, be conscious. <sighs> Drix, what's Drix hoping to experience next time? More festivities with people on his level. Like, he's been to the out-of-place party. He's been to, like, the tail end of, like, a party of, like, you know, actual workers. I think he's ready to experience the holiday from, like, a more grounded perspective. Awesome. That is, uh... The game, the festival of deep winter, and the very last words on it are, next year, when winter bears down on us, we know we have dear friends and family to keep us warm. Uh, the Feast of Gratitude for us, if you're listening on Patreon versus a, a, on the main feed, it's going to play more of a factor uh, after you've heard it just now. The line bulls are going to lay over during the uh, preparation time, and then they'll be held for an extra long layover. We're going to have basically like a layover, a line, and another layover that are kind of going to be Feast of Gratitude time. Thank you very much. Thank you to Ryan Khan for this. Yeah. This yeah. little this little gem of a game. This is really fun. Yeah. It's just a dollar on itch. So please, please give that dollar. <laughs> I encourage you. <laughs> uh, until next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for Bye. listening. Bye. Bye. Have a good yeah. holiday. Thank you for listening to Ghosts on a Train playing The Festival of Deep Winter, an RPG by Ryan Khan. Participating in this game were Greg Karobas, Hannah Levin, Guys Bell, and Stephen Lewis. Music by TJ Woods. Be sure to listen to the main show, as well as the other great shows on the Faustian Nonsense Network. Uh, recording, recording with the precision of Hannah's engineering Eats powers. my whole ass. <laughs> is, is that a requirement for engineering powers? Yes, you have to eat an ass. <laughs> All engineers eat ass, baby. Just an ass? Oh, well, that's easy. All engineers eat ass. All engineers <laughs> No, eat but ass. not the way you're thinking. You have to do it in a cannibal way. <laughs> <laughs> not in a sex way. <laughs> Okay, no stuff. Well, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, okay. To be to be fair, to eat it in a Hannibal way is like one degree removed from being <laughs> I a sex cannibal. Way. I was not gonna say Hannibal. So there's variation. And my good, in that. my good friends, my good friend to Hannibal, Doctor Lecter okay. would never be, would never no, eat people. I'm more mean Hannibal. My good friend, Doctor Lecter. Hannibal Lecter is a very specific type of cannibal, uh, and I want, I want to get the whole range of cannibals in there. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Anyways, okay, okay. This is, <laughs> you don't have to like gourmet cook the ass. You can just eat it. Jesus, we're we're cannibal inclusive. Some people just like to take a finger and nom it off. This you is know? all going in the end. It's all going right at the right at the back, right at the back end. I'm so excited. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours, 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 yours. yours Faustian nonsense. Thanks you for your patronage. Just like yours.